You are listening to the Toxic Mold Podcast with my husband, Steve Worsley, the toxic mold expert and your number one source for mold consulting and mitigation in the USA. Here is episode 51, Mold and Your Estate. Before we get started on this episode, a short or not so short disclaimer. While all attempts have been made to verify the content provided in this podcast, Neither the podcaster or the producers assume any responsibility for errors, omissions, or alternative interpretations of the issues discussed herein. All information stated in this podcast is the opinion of Steve Worsley. Steve Worsley is a mold specialist with over 20 years of experience in the construction and mold industry. The Toxic Mold Podcast is for information sharing purposes only. The views expressed are those of the podcaster and his alone. These views should not be taken as expert instruction or commands. While there may be references to medical conditions and symptoms, all solo podcast episodes are the opinion of Steve Worsley, and any medical questions or concerns shall be addressed with the appropriate licensed medical professional or professionals. As the podcaster refers to different mold types, please be aware that Steve Worsley is not a microbiologist and questions concerning mold specifics should be answered by the appropriate professional. The listener is 100% responsible for his or her own actions. You can check out Steve's books on Amazon about mold and dealing with mold in your home at amazon.com forward slash author forward slash Steve Worsley. And if you're interested in scheduling a mold consultation over the phone consultation with Steve, you can be sure to find out more about those and his availability at cnccontractorservices.com. Now let's get to the episode. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Steve, we are talking about estate planning and mold. Now, people are probably saying, what does planning your will and your trust in your estate have to do with mold? What does it have to do with mold? Well, ironically enough, so a lot of the podcasts we do, you know, and a lot of stuff that I, I write about or the Facebook posts has to obviously do with experiences that I've seen. And we have just dealt with an incident where it was a trust so it was a home i'm assuming you know the owner passed away uh, we actually went and looked at this property last november i believe well then we had to go back out there again they were ready for mold remediation or so they thought and it, it was in a trust and so it, it made us think about like that's kind of interesting you know you would never think that mold in a trust or an estate would be a podcast we do but that's why we're doing it is because most people don't really think about it. That's true. They don't. And and we were talking about this too as well, is that as people get older, you know, your house tends to smell. I call it the old person smell, but it tends to smell differently. The older people tend to keep their homes warmer because they're colder body-wise. So there's a lot of different factors that could really ramp up a mold infestation issues sometimes they run humidifiers yeah um there are lots of factors that as you get older your body is changing what you need in your home changes but that also can create a mold problem but i don't think a lot of uh older people talk to their kids about well if there's a mold issue how do right before right. i, die, but I don't like, think their kids even know i don't think the kids say anything to the parents either exactly because this this home in particular and I've dealt with a few estates, and it's kind of ironic. They're all the same. Like, the carpets are outdated. I mean, everything. And so it's a haven for mold. And, 
you know, if, if the parents, you know, we want the parents to be talking to their children about, well, if there's a mold issue, but what about the parents or the kids talking to their parents? Exactly. Because, you know, it's, it's kind of a, it's a weird deal, I guess, because I think most people just, they're more concerned, you know, about their parents' health, not the condition of their home. And, 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 you know, the parents are maybe old and they don't want to upset them. And so they don't bring those kinds of things up. But like you said, they keep the homes warmer. A lot of them like to run humidifiers. And it just, at the end of the day, they're just contributing to a, to a major mold issue. And they don't really know it. And before you know it, your parents are passed away or that person's passed away. And now you have to deal with it if you're the trustee. Well, and also to give the issue with older people of, you know, maybe when they were in their 20s and 30s and 40s and they bought their house 40 or so years ago, they were the ones who did the grading and the drainage. They were the ones who took care of their their lawns. They were the people who fixed the roof. As they get to their 60s, their 70s, and their 80s, they're getting that handled less. But also maybe they didn't do amazing work when they did it younger. And so now you have a growing problem with the exterior of the home that's feeding into a mold infestation that is hiding under their green shag carpet from 1978. <laughs> and so nobody knows what's going on. Is that what on. color the carpet was? It was green. It was hideous. It was... I remember walking in there and it, well, the funniest part about all of it, and I'm not trying to make fun of these people, but what was interesting is uh, they had the, what we use on mold jobs, they had the carpet protector down on this carpet. I remember I looked at you and I said, why would you put that over this old carpet? Yeah, the, col- the carpet was as old as we are, right. if not older. But so going back to what you were just saying, so so ironically enough, th- this home is right across from the river, and it's the Green River, so it's a fairly decent tributary. And then they have improper grading and drainage. So you have a high water table because of the, the river right across the street. Improper grading and drainage. Their sump pit wasn't really a sump pit. It was just a bucket. There was, I don't know, a couple feet of snow on the roof. And anyhow, you just, you had everything. You know, we couldn't see the roof and if it if it was terrible. But we saw some, it looked like they had replaced one of them. I remember we did see a bunch of debris in the backyard. But anyhow, so you had all these things contributing to it. And ironically, at the end of the day, so this is in a trust. And so Wyoming Trust contacts me and says, we're ready for the mitigation to be done. And, you know, we go over there and I'm like, this is, this isn't even close to being ready for us to come in. And the difficult part that, that, that we're dealing with right now is the fact that nobody really was prepared for all these things have to be addressed before we can go in and do mold mitigation. That's true. And, you know, it was also kind of a hoarder's paradise. So the problem with having so much stuff in a home, every room clogged with stuff, is you certainly can't see visible mold in key places, corners, floors, because it's clogged with all yeah. of these things that were not cleared out. Yeah, so so this, this estimate that we did back in November, and ironically, it's, it's kind of a long story, but I'll just give you a quick one over. So when we originally got called out to do the bid, a realtor met us outside and... It was a crawl space that I've never, ever had to crawl into, but it was a very awkward crawl space to get into. And I remember I told you, or I would thought to myself, there's got to be a, an entrance inside the home. But the realtor obviously didn't know about it. But this time when we went back, um, we got the code to go in, 
And, of course, right when we walk in, it was a hoarder's paradise. And so, anyhow, the property conditions in November were totally different than they are now. And so, when we went back here recently, you know, I discovered that they still hadn't fixed the grading and drainage. The sump pit hadn't been addressed. All the stuff was on the main level. When we did the original estimate, we, we bid to do an air test on the main level, crawl space, and then our baseline on the exterior. Well, all this stuff is in there. Like, it's kind of crazy. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it's I don't know the backstory, but they need to get everything out of there. And so I told the trust company, first of all, you've got to get out all the personal belongings out of the home. Because like you said, we don't know. We can run an air test and do everything right down in the crawl space and still fail. It could be caused not because of the crawl space, but because of what's in the living area. So they have to fix all that. They've got to fix the grading and drainage. They've got to take care of the sump pit. And it's a lot of money that's going to be involved. And so that's why, you know, doing a podcast about it is it, it is important that you you make sure you're not passing on to whoever. I don't care if it's being donated that you're you're taking care of things and you're not passing on a, a mold infestation, which is pretty much what has happened. And it's, you know, like I said, I don't know the backstory to it, but you know, let's say that there's a couple kids and they're the trustees. They probably have no idea they have to dump probably fifty thousand dollars into fixing all this stuff before they can sell the home. And it's kind of a crazy deal. It, it's a really crazy deal, and that goes back to this whole idea of estate planning. What do you suggest people factor in for a possible mold issue if they're planning how their estate is going to go once they die? Well, like I love to obviously promote is our, our consultations, but if you're the trustee or if, if, if you're the, the, the owner of the estate, set up a, a consultation with us and we'll go over things like, hey, you know, so do you have a barn? Do you have a garage? You know, what's in there? Do you have a storage unit? What's in your storage unit? And, you know, we'll give you the steps as far as making sure, you know, you do the proper air testing or whatever type of inspections you have to do so that you're not passing on a major mold issue to whoever's inheriting your estate. It's really not that big a deal to take care of. And do you think it's wise for for older individuals, if they know that they're getting to that phase of life where estate planning is going to become a major deal, to get a mold expert in, to get their you know mold testing done, mold mitigation done, to get on the path of having a schedule of maintaining their homes so they can prevent mold until right. the end of it, their yeah, life. Yeah, it's obviously a great idea. And, and even if they choose, even if you get a mold specialist in there and you know you have, let's go back to this property, you have $50,000 worth of stuff you need repaired, and you say, Okay, fine. I don't care. At least you and you don't fix it. At least you can tell whoever's going to inherit it, or you know the trust company. Hey, just so you know, we hired a specialist, and he's claiming we've got to do this, this, and this. At least they're going to be prepared for it. And, and the reason I say it is that way is I don't think I don't think this trust company was really prepared for it. You know, I took a bunch of pictures and sent those off, but I I think we talked about this. I think they just thought they were going to list the house for whatever they listed it for, and it was just going to sell. It can't now. I mean, once we went over there in November and notified the realtor of a mold problem, now they have to legally disclose it. So now it's kind of, it's it's created a, 
chain of events that I'm, I don't think anybody wants to see. But on the other hand, if if you're the owner of this estate, they would have been prepared for it if they would have had the proper people come in. Exactly. Now, let me ask you a trickier question. What do you do if you are the adult child of somebody who's getting on in years? And you can tell that they're, whether by smell or by sight, that there's a mold issue. But your older adult parent is like, no, it's not an issue. It's not a, like, how does that adult child, knowing they're going to be the trustee of that estate at some point, how do they handle that kind of a situation with mold? Well, you know, obviously that's, that is a fairly tricky question because you can't force your, your parent or parents into addressing the issue if they don't want to. Maybe they'll let you pay for it, but still, I don't think it's a money issue. I think it's just a stubbornness and they don't care. Um, it, it, at that point, it is a difficult situation because you can't really force it on them, but as, as that adult child you're at least made aware of, hey, here's what's going on. And I think the best way to answer that is, is if, if it's going to cause a riff, don't go down that road. Um, but you do know, you know, if you're the trustee, that once they pass away, you're going to have to call someone in like us. But if your parents are giving you pushback or parent prior to them passing away, in my opinion, it's not worth pushing the issue. I mean, no reason to cause a riff. But as, as the the trustee or you inherit it, you at least know that that's what's going on. Okay, and here's another scenario, because lots of adult, older adult children of much older parents, at some point they have to put their parents in a nursing home, leaving the, the family home empty, and but they still can't do anything with it because the parent obviously is still alive. How do they manage or prevent mold in an empty house that probably still has that musty odor because it's not lived in? Like, how do you manage that while your parent is in a nursing home in their final days? Well, you need to make sure, you know, we talk about winterizing homes, but you need to make sure you have the home winterized properly. Uh, This home we were talking about, I'm assuming it was winterized, but I doubt it. Well, let me reword that. I doubt it was done properly. Okay. They probably just went in, shut the power off, shut the water off. You got to make sure you have it winterized properly, meaning all the lines are blown out. And and I know it's a, it's a difficult process, but you have to start moving all that stuff out of there. And that's why I say this is such a tricky area because, you know, I, I obviously haven't had to go through this, but if you have a parent that's in a rest home, you know, I personally... I would start slowly moving stuff out of that home and getting rid of it because they're not going to be moving back in there. So make sure you do hire not just the cheap handyman that you know says, oh, I'll come in and, and winterize it. Make sure you do get somebody on board that knows what they're doing, that actually knows how to winterize a home and, and, and take the proper steps. Me personally, I would try to talk that parent into, hey, can we rent this place out so you still have that income coming in to offset your nursing home fees? Because having someone in the home is obviously the best thing to do. Means, once again, there's another rat's nest that you could get into. Exactly. Just, just make sure you don't put the wrong... I mean, you well, could you put, put a, a grandchild family, in there. If you there, put a family or, you know, member in the home and then that goes bad, that could be a yeah, really big... Yeah, so, and, that, and the reason I say that is, is we've we've... We've dealt with situations and are no people to deal with those situations, and you've just got to be really careful. That's why I say it'd probably be easiest to rent it to a non-family member, but but really, at the end of the day, the best thing is is to have someone living in that home 
But once again, if you're going to rent it and there's a mold infestation in the crawl space, you're going to have to address it. That's so t- that's if you true. do know about a mold situation, you're going to have to address that. So you might have to leave it vacant. It, it's a tough. That that's that's a very tricky question, but. Well, and final scenario on this one, because I think oftentimes adult children of older people also run into this. The family home has been the only home, and you were raised in a home where that was the only home your parents had ever bought together and lived in. And so your grandmother has a home, your parents have a home, and then that home just stays in the family. When you know you're in a home that was built 60 years ago or 70 years ago and your parent is getting up in age and you know that this is an old home you wrote a book about toxic mold in my old home and this is an older older home that probably is going to need some updates do you recommend that people the the children of these elderly people do they start looking at the grading and drainage do they start looking at the things that they could at least take care of now that will, once their parents pass, prevent a bigger mold issue from starting? Most, Yeah, most definitely. Matter of fact, I would say don't wait until your parents are old. I mean, if your parents are, you know, in their 70s, if you notice a grading issue, go take care of it. Say, hey, Dad, you know, it'll cost whatever. I'll get, you know, the grandkids over here. You just pay for the dirt and we'll fix it. But, yeah, fix the things as you see them because... Over time, especially grading and drainage, not only is there going to be a mold issue, there's going to be a structural issue. Yeah. And, you know, we talk about that in, in the book, Toxic Mold and Mild Home. You know, when you see foundation cracks, most people are like, well, why are you looking for cracks in a mold inspection? Well, because that crack is being caused by moisture, which in turn could cause a mold infestation. So, so to go back to your question, yeah, fix everything as you can. Grading and drainage is, is, is so simple to fix, and it is the probably the most common defect we see. And I, I look at it, and I'm just I scratch my head and go, why you know why don't people pay attention to this? And most munip- municipalities do have codes for that, but the code inspectors they don't really care. But even where it's not, I don't I don't understand how people just ignore it. Like maybe it's just they don't think it's hurting anything. And they, a lot of people probably don't pay attention until there's a huge crack they can see from the inside. And at that point, it's kind of, you know, you're not, and it's never too late, but you need to have it addressed as soon as you find it. Absolutely. So good idea. So what is your call to action for people when dealing with mold and estate planning? Well, first of all, create a trust. So <laughs> you don't go down that road. Um, we kind of talked about this, I think, in a previous podcast, but, you know, last thing you want is, well... You don't want your children or grandchildren fighting over what you leave them. But if you don't have really any close family members, it goes to the state. And I'm pretty sure the last thing you want to do is give more money pretty much to the state. So create a trust. Um, Toxic Mold in My Old Home um, is on Audible and ebook and paperback. So make sure you get that. Awesome. There you have it. Toxic Mold in My Old Home. Grab it on Amazon today. We will catch you guys in the next episode of the Toxic Mold Podcast. Prevent toxic mold exposure before it gets in your home. Download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist. Again, download Steve's free mold investigation checklist at tinyurl.com forward slash CNC mold checklist.